How's everybody feel out there today? Oh, well, okay. I'll pray for the rest of you. <laughs> hey, we are blessed. I um, I'm very excited about what God is doing here at our church. We had a have had a tremendous weekend so far. Our pastoral team met uh, this weekend and went over the calendar for next year. And man, we have an enormous amount of great things planned for our church and some new initiatives, some new endeavors that we're that we're going to be launching um, in January. So um, very excited about that and about what um, you know what we see the hand of God moving among us here at our church. I I've been talking about we've been in a series called Witness and. You know, a big, a big part of this series has really been focusing on that part of our witness that isn't, isn't necessarily what we say, but it is in our life action, that there is, a, there is an outflow of the witness of God that is flowing through us and, and witnessing to the power of God uh, not only in our life, but witnessing to the power of God that can work in someone else's life. You know, I mean, I often think we talk about this idea of witness, and then, of course, we have our Christian witness that, that something should be told in our lives. You know, the Bible says that they were first called Christians at Antioch, and it was a name, a moniker that was given to them because there was some sense of something of Christ that flowed out of their life and, and off of them. Matter of fact, I love that, that, um, that one instance in the Word of God where they were scolding the newly uh, formed church and the disciples and, and they, were, they were saying things about them like they were ignorant, unlearned, but then they ended with this, but we can perceive that they have been with Jesus. That there's just something flowing off of them. That is this Christ-like demeanor, this Christ-like attitude, something going on in their lives. And I think that that's extremely important for us. You know, I mean, I was laughing with, with, um, with Raylene this week. She was driving to work, going up um, Riverside, and right there in front of Coles, if you know that area, right there um, in front of Coles, there is, a, there is a section, and it's a little confusing, but there is a section of turn only, right turn only um, lanes that I think the planning engineers intended for the first one to turn into the Coles parking lot and I believe, I believe that's the way it is. Then there's a break and then there's another turn only that ultimately goes on 96th Street and you can go on to the wherever you're going. But Raylene uh, was believing, as I believe, the people that actually uh, took the driving test, um, that you were, if you're going straight all the way to the red light, then you should stay in this lane until you get past that first set of turn-only lanes, and then you get over, and then you uh, go on 96th Street. Do you know where I'm at there? Okay, some of you do. Well, routinely, there are habits of people that will get in that turn lane and bust through, go straight. And they do that out of their own convenience because they're in a hurry and usually that red light's backed up. Well, Raylene, being the dutiful citizen that she is, is the perfect driver and uh, she was where she was supposed to be and, and when she decided then to get over, she 
didn't see this car that was breaking the law, uh, barreling up through those lanes, and this individual um, felt like she uh, cut, cut him off. And at that point, he started doing some things. And he was very angry about it, and he was very gestury about it. And, <laughs> and uh, yes, we make up words, but... Um, and, and, and what was really, you know, when they got on 96th Street, they were able to, he was able to bust around her, and he came around her, and he was doing all of these things, and very animated, and rah, like this, and then, you know, and he's pedaled to the metal, he's in a hurry to get to the red light for her to catch up with him at the red light. And she's sitting behind him, and he's still kind of stewing along about it. And she said, I was just laughing, which was probably making him stew more. But then she looked at his windshield and noticed that, that he had a, a very popular church sticker on his car. <laughs> and see, I always say this. If you're not going to represent well, then don't put the sticker on your car. You know what I'm saying? You know, and I mean, I know it could have been his wife's car and, you know, he, whatever. But, but, but you know, to me, the, the end of the story is, 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 is what is being demonstrated in, in our Christianity when we allow things like anxiety. See, I know because I've been there. I've been there when I'm late for an appointment or, or just in a hurry to go nowhere and, and you feel like you got cut off in traffic and you feel like, get out of my way and... You know, I've, I've, I've succumbed to hitting steering wheels and, okay. Tell me, am I the only one in this room that will admit that? Okay. And usually when I'm in that way, usually when that's happening in me, it's because we're probably running late and it's not my fault. And, <laughs> and I'm trying to get there. I'm trying to get us there. And, and you're just so filled and so anxious and so filled with this, uh, and you feel this just, and you know, that's how road rage happens. I mean, I don't think anybody ever wakes up in the morning and goes, I think I'm just going to go ballistic on someone today in traffic. Today is my day. You know what I'm saying? I think I really, I mean, you're just in a hurry and your life is pent up and, and you might have had a fight with someone or you, you might be worried about, uh, about uh, bills that are due and, and you've got this pent-up anxiety going on, and then it just might take just that for, for something to erupt out of your life or boil over in your life that may not, may not be that great of a witness because your actions are, are responding in a way as though God is not in control and as though everything is ultimately going to be all right. pastor up north, Pastor Bill, um, not Pastor Bill from Tulsa, our friend, but from, this was in Michigan, and uh, I was at a conference, and this man was talking about a time where he um, cut someone off in traffic, same scenario, cut someone off in traffic, didn't realize he did it, the person was just very belligerent about it, and it just like, like ruined everything for them, and the, the guy was just cussing and gesturing and hitting steering wheels, and and, and doing all of that, and, and, and he said, you know, I was going to just let it go. He said, first off, I wanted to go, what is your deal? What are you 
doing? But he said, something in my spirit checked me. Something just checked me. And he, he felt like it was the Holy Spirit just checked him. So don't respond the way you feel like responding for whatever reason. And so he said, I just decided to ignore it, but I could see him. We got to the next red light. He was sitting right next to me, and I could see him just seeding, and he was pointing at me, and he was hitting the... He was, he was doing all this, and he said, I just... I like, don't look his way. Don't even, just don't look that. Don't look. And he said, we left that red light and went through the green light and got to the next light and it was red too. And he said, we stopped side by side a second time. And he said, he was still at it, just hitting it. Just... And he said, he said, he said, I didn't, I, I, by now I'm, I'm, I'm starting to think like, man, this guy has really got a, it really caused him a problem. And he said, so we went through that red light. And he said, we got to the next red light. We got stopped, stopped right side by side again. He said, my now compassion has risen in my heart. And he said, so I rolled the window down and I hollered at him and said, hey, hey, I'm really sorry, man. I promise I'm sorry. I didn't see you. I'm sorry I cut you off. I really am, man. It, it, it would appear I've ruined your day. And I mean, that just makes me feel bad. And he said that man just sunk, just like that, just sunk in, the, in, the, in, that, in that seat. And he rolled his window down, and he was like, oh, it's just, man, I got some trouble at home. And I mean, it just kind of, yeah, no, it's just, it's all right. I'll be okay. And he said, we, we went on our way. He said, three weeks later, I was standing opening the service in my church and stepping through the back door was that man and his family and I recognized him immediately and I'm thinking to myself oh I hope he doesn't recognize I hope he doesn't recognize me I hope he doesn't recognize me and he said at the end of service I went back there to greet everyone as they were leaving I shook his hand and he said man preacher I really enjoyed the service it's just what my family needed but man the whole time I kept thinking where have I seen you I've seen you somewhere Pastor Bill said, I, I wasn't about to admit who I was. So he said, oh, well, you know, I just have one of those familiar faces. And he's like, but you know what? If I would have done what my flesh wanted me to do, you guarantee he would have remembered me. If I would have lashed back at him, you guarantee he would have noticed And I mean, I think there's sometimes in our life because, you know, we, we all live in this like this pressure cooker, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I mean, I, everything could just just boil over at any minute. Just ask my hand. Man, when I burn them, I burn them real good. That's just all I'm saying. But. But, you know, I mean, I was, I was cooking last night, frying this roast, and, and, and it was cold still on one side because it hadn't been out of the freezer long enough. And I rolled that thing over in that pan, and that grease erupted up out of that, just exploded out of that, out of that pot. You know, kind of like those turkey drops you see where the... Yeah, and I mean, it came this high. It just all over. All of the grease that was in there went out of the pot and onto, onto me and the stove and the cabinet. I mean, sometimes that's how, that's how our life is. That we don't, we don't really testify to or witness to 
the goodness of God and the power of God and the blessing of God that's working in our life because we get so, we get so pent up to this boil over point because we just live in this pressure cooker world where there are demands and there are elections and there are Facebook. I mean, I'm serious, man. Sometimes Facebook's just about enough to cause you to have a nervous breakdown. Like, I mean, is anybody happy? Is anybody having a good day? You know, and I mean, I mean, you think about all that, then you think about what Jesus said in Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. That you will witness in the world, in your local community, in your extended community, and to the nations of the world. You will witness something of God and something of power and something of grandeur in your life. You will witness these things. And I mean how powerful these things of God really are. Certainly when we live in uncertain times, it causes us to, 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 to feel anxious. And this is really what I want to preach about today because we as Christians, we as believers in God, we as those people who say that God has the whole world in his hands. It's more than a kumbaya fire song. That he's got the whole world in his hands. That he is in absolute control of everything. And, and, and if we really believe that, then there should be something flow out of our lives that testifies to our confidence in what God has provided. See, I mean, I think that, that yes, we have to show God's love and his mercy and these things that, that pour out of our life to other people, but, but really, when we, are, when we are filled with this empowered witness by the Holy Spirit, we are made to be something and to testify to God's work and to testify to God's provision, to God's provision in our life. That we don't have to live as people with no hope. We don't have to live as people as though it's all going to come unhinged. It's not going to all come unhinged because we serve a God who is the ultimate provider. And whatever it is you need in your life, if you will engage with his promise, and I think that this is so important that, that we've got to understand that we have to engage with the promises of God. We have to engage in God's process of provision. Now to take it for instance, in the word of God, there are many promises that, that are provisional promises, but they are also conditional promises. You've got you to see that, that, that yes, here is a promise, for instance, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. See, it's this understanding that when we pray, we engage with God's provisional process. And so prayer isn't just a futile exercise that we just do because Christians do that. No, prayer is communication to heaven that heaven has said, if you will do this action, if you will do this thing, I will do my thing and I will 
bring provision if you will engage in the process. I've heard people tell me, they say, oh, no, I don't pray. I said, why don't, why don't you pray? Well, because I don't want to lose my faith if God don't answer. I'm like, well, he's certainly not going to answer a prayer that hadn't been prayed. And I think my faith, yeah, there are some times when I pray and I pray and I pray about something, I pray about it, I pray. And then ultimately I find out that the answer I thought would come was a different answer, that God did something else. But you know what? That doesn't make me lose confidence in the provisional promise of prayer because when I pray, I know he hears. And when I pray according to his will, I know that he gives. But at any point or any place in that juncture, I've got to recognize that I'm never going to get an answer to prayer if I don't pray. I think, it, you know, the Bible talks a lot about sowing and reaping, and it talks about that, that, it, that you give and you shall receive. Matter of fact, Jesus even said it's more blessed to give than to receive. Why? Because receiving is the blessing. But when you give, you are enacting on God's provisional promise. And so the blessing that you receive returns back to you from the action of giving in your life. Otherwise, it's just drudgery. It's, it's mundane. If you don't believe that, if you don't believe in the provisional process of God working in your life through this action of sowing and reaping, that if you sow, you reap. That's what the Word of God declares over our life. And when we sow with that kind of faith, we absolutely see the return back into our life from God's blessing. It's these promises of God that, that are... Tied to his provisional process. Uh, matter of fact, Ephesians 3.20 is amazing. Now unto him, or now to him, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work in us. See, we've got to recognize this. That, that this is the God to whom we are praying to. This is the kingdom to whom we are sowing to. A God that is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine. Immeasurably more. It's like he is so filled with provision. He is so filled with provision that we can't even ask or imagine a big enough to to even think about what this God is capable of doing. And the blessing of that in our life is, is that we have to recognize that this is the one who is our source. I mean, so many times we, we look at things to be our source. We think perhaps even, uh, you know, in the church world, uh, pastors all say this, well, the answer to, to every problem in the church is church growth. I mean, when are we ever going to just start saying the answer to every problem in the church is Jesus? You know, it's like we, it's like we worship the winds. The W-I-N-S's. We worship the winds. It's like we live in this society that, that, that at every turn we, we worship the winds. So when everything's going great, then, man, we're all up on top of it. Man, yay, look at how great this is. But what happens in our lives when things dip just a little? Then we are filled with anxiety because we're not understanding who the source is. We think our job is the source. We think people are the source. We think other things, our possessions, or things in our life, bank accounts, we think those things are the source. No, those aren't the source. God is the source. All of these other things, it's just things and avenues by which God blesses us through. 
This is extremely important for us to recognize, especially in uncertain times. Because we serve a God who's able to do immeasurably more. The the one who is really our source is able to do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. I mean, maybe maybe I should just, I'm going to just go ahead and ask this question again. How big is your ask? You know, I sat in the green chair in my living room this morning and accentuated the K over and over again. Ask. Ask. Like it wasn't, this isn't the, the, I I, I mean, I I really questioned whether or not I was even going to put that in the notes. I'm serious. Like, I typed it out and I'm like, boy, that is a train wreck waiting to happen right there. But I went and kept it in there. How big is your ask? Then, Then let me say this. He is able to do immeasurably more. Then your biggest ask. This is a little easier. How big is your imagination? He can do immeasurably more than your imagination. And that's the power that is at work in us that should testify to God's provision in our lives. Why we don't Allow anxiety to lord over us, even in moments where it seems like we are losing. I mean, think about it for a second. Yes, the Bible is filled with winners, but a lot of those winners were also losers. I mean, when I think about how God, with His ultimate provision can even make a loss a win if we will trust him. I mean, think about all of those instances in the word of God where people were in shipwreck. What about Paul? I mean, he's in a shipwreck, right? It looks like a loss, but yet God turned that loss into a win. Then he got bit by a snake. That looked like a loss, but then God turned that loss into a win. And then the church at Ephesus cried because he said, I've got to go to Rome. That looked like a loss. But God turned that loss into a win. And and, and a whole church was established, even in Caesar's household. I mean, you think about about Peter in his life. And man, he didn't want to testify to those Gentiles. He didn't want to do that. But yet God knew how to turn what Peter thought was a terrible loss into a win. And a whole race of people now, a whole world of people would hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because God doesn't worship or doesn't want us to worship at the altar of winds. He just wants us to worship him as the provider and as the source. Think about this. Philippian church in Philippians chapter 4 verse 4. Very powerful word to us. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. I think it'd be good for all of us just to, even if it's under your breath, just right now, think it or say it, do something. But just 
just breathe in your, in your mind and in your heart right now the word always. Come on, join with me with me to say always. Always. Rejoice in the Lord always. That's hard for me, man. I, I mean, I can, I can allow anxiety to lord over me. I will be the first person I'm willing to admit that, that, that there are moments in my life where I don't see my way out, where I don't see the clear path, and I get to worrying about that. I can fixate on that stuff. And what am I testifying to in my life when I do that? I'm testifying not to God's power, not to God's immeasurably more ability and provision. I'm testifying to me really trusting in these resources that are on a lower level than God than I am to the God who is the provider of all of it anyway, who loves me, who has me in his hand, who never, ever, ever breaks out into a sweat or works up into anxiety. He never worries about anything because he is the total provider of everything, even in times when things don't look so great. See, this is how we testify to God and his provision is when we can stand in those lean times and say, but the God I serve is still on the throne and he is going to see me through this. He is going to see me through this. And he's going to see us through this. This confidence that we can stand with, that we can literally do what this verse says, rejoice in the Lord always. And then the law of second mention, a very powerful understanding in the Greek language. When something is repeated, there is heavy emphasis. It's like putting multiple exclamation points behind it. I want you to get this. I want you to hear this. Hear what I'm about to say. Rejoice. Rejoice always. Not just some of the time. Not just at the altar of the winds. Rejoice always. Be a... Paul and Silas in jail, who at midnight, after being beaten and thrown into prison, shackled and chained, but yet at midnight, the Bible says, they prayed and sang praises to God. (laughs) Here they are, sitting in what appears to be a loss. God stepped into their always moment. He stepped into their always moment. And he busted them out of that prison. And yet another group of people, another people group, a group in Macedonia, heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. God made a win out of the loss. Why? Because he is the great provider. And that's why we can testify to God's provision. I'm not shaken by this. I'm not worried by this. I'm standing on the promises of Almighty God. And I am not going to close my life in because... The circumstance may not look favorable at the moment. I am going to keep myself engaged in the provisional process. We can live happy and blessed, not because of the circumstance, because, but because we know the God who will provide in every circumstance. Then it says in verse 5, Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. So I have a gentle demeanor, not pushy or high-strung or road-ragey. And then it says this in verse 6. Check it out. Don't be anxious about anything. Man, i got to read that verse to me a lot. Don't be anxious about anything. But listen, in every situation, 
By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. He said, don't be anxious about anything, but listen, just pray about it and be thankful for the provision of God and know that God's going to come through. And if you will do that, the peace of God, not the peace from your circumstance, not the peace because the bank account looks right, not peace because everything's going your way, not peace because your person won the election, not peace because of the circumstances in your life. No, it's the peace of God. It's the peace of God that's going to guard your heart because God's going to provide you peace completely separate from the circumstance. And it'll guard your heart. And matter of fact, it says it's a peace that will transcend understanding. You want to know what, if you were going to write like the message Bible of the message Bible, it would go kind of like this. And the peace of God will blow your mind. You can't even think. I mean, the peace of God will blow other people's mind. They'll say, man, why do you got peace? Do you not see the walls crumbling? Do you not see what's going on, but yet you stand in peace and they they, they don't understand it. How can you have peace and have this circumstance? Because I am not worshiping at the altar of winds. I'm not worshiping at the altar of circumstances. I am worshiping God. And no matter what this looks like, He is my provision. Then it goes on. It goes on. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent, if anything is praiseworthy, think about such things. It's a different way of thinking. It's a higher way of thinking. Then he ends that section with this. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, everybody listen to this, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. It's not what we say. It's how we put it into practice. It's how we work it out and live it out in our lives. And I don't think it's a coincidence that you jump down five verses and we're closing. You jump down five verses and we're talking about God putting you in a position for you to receive the provision. And I don't think it's a coincidence in Philippians 4.14. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gift. What I desire is that more be credited your account. He's looking at these people and he's tying all of this together and he's going to the very baseline anxiety and worry of every person living on the face of the planet. How do I provide for my family? How do I provide for my needs? I mean, I've been in third world countries. I've been in first world countries. I've met people who have Nothing, literally nothing, nothing they have they really own. I've been among people who are rich. And this is one common thread in every human being I have ever met. They just want their needs to be met. And so we think about jobs and we think about bankers. Even rich people 
will tr- seek for new endeavors. They'll look to invest. They'll look ways to, to start a new company. They, they, keep, they do all this. Why? They do this because if this one runs dry, they have this baseline need deep inside of them to make sure that that something will be there to replace it. If this well runs dry, I've dug another well here, and I've dug another well here. And, and all over the world, people are scrambling to do the same thing. How do I take care of my family? How do I take care of my needs? How do I take care of this? And it's not coincidental in, in my mind that the Apostle Paul went right to that very basic need to say, now listen, Philippians, you're getting something here. When you step into God's provisional promises with your giving to the kingdom you understand that there's a blessing coming back to you in your life when you open your heart and you open your hands see anxiety calls you to close your hands close your heart but he said man when you learn to give out of that outflow I mean matter of fact in Malachi I'm I'm not going there but on the screens but in Malachi he even told the people to test me in this prove me to see if I won't bless you if you'll just step into the provisional promise that I have for you and I'm speaking to you right now Jesus said it like this where your treasure is your heart is and doesn't seem coincidental to me finances are the baseline of fear in most every human being's life and he's like listen if you can trust God with your finances you can trust God everywhere else if you can say, you know what, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to participate in that wherever you're at, you know, wherever you're at, wherever you're at in giving. A few weeks ago, we talked about different levels of giving in our lives. And, you know, you know the top level being a tithe, a 10% person with above tithe offering. And then there's tithers and there's percentage givers. And say, well, I'm not at tithe, I'm not at 10, but I'm somewhere, I'm somewhere percentage-wise. And then ultimately, there. Just giving something out of your heart. But everybody participating, you say, why do you, why do you want that? Because listen, there's an enormous amount of fear in our world right now. I've, I'm, I'm walking, I'm walking um, in a neighborhood across the street from our neighborhood is where I do my, my walk. And um, there's a pastor friend of mine that lives in that neighborhood. And I was, I was going by and he was outside and he was in work uh, uh, Overalls and looked like he was going to go into construction. And, and I said, he said, yeah, this is my retirement plan. He said, I've got rent houses now. And one of my rent houses, I need to go repair the porch. And so here it is. And, and I made the comment about Raylene going to work at, at um, ORU. And in, the, in, in, in saying that, I said these words. I said, you know, uh, we just couldn't pass up the opportunity because of the benefits. Well, well, he automatically went to health insurance in his brain. Um, and I was talking about all of the benefits that, that, that it has for our family. There's multiple layers of benefits being a part of that um, organization. But, but, um, but, but he went to health insurance. He said, yeah, I mean, I received my notice yesterday. My, my health insurance going from uh, right near $700 a month to somewhere like $1,700 a month. And I mean, he's looking at me like everybody, I mean, like so many people are, are looking right now and saying, well, what are we going to do about this? What are are we going to do? And it makes us so filled with anxiety that we want to close ourselves out of the provisional promises of God. But I've discovered something in my life that when I open my heart to the kingdom of God, God has a way of being the source 
as a way of being the source. Years ago, we were building this gym back here, and man, we were we ran out of money, and I didn't want to go borrow the money, and, and I was kind of in a quandary about it, and, and, um, and we were just had to stop construction, and and unless I went and borrowed the money, and and, and I'm thinking. Thinking, I don't know what to do here, but we went to a conference, and at that conference, check this out, at that conference, Rayleigh and I were there, and they were doing this missions endeavor, and in a part of the missions endeavor, they were like, you know, if we'll all, if we'll all sew together, we, we can make something happen in these foreign countries, and, and man, I don't know, I, 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 I thought, they said, everybody pray about it right now, so I bowed my head, and I was really hoping to hear like $50, you know what I'm saying? Everybody bow your head, so we all bowed our head, and we started praying and in my brain it just exploded five thousand dollars i went this gotta be a joke that's that 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 is last night's chilies i leaned over raylene i said well god talked to you she said yeah you're not gonna like the number i'm like well i'm sure it's better than mine and she's like well it's five thousand dollars i went oh no But we prayed about it again and we felt good in our heart. We said, you know what? Bless the Lord, oh my soul. We're just going to sow this by faith. We're going to sow it by faith. We returned from that conference on Thursday. On Sunday, a man walked my office. He, he's a man that owns several businesses. And he had a whole section of his income and then his wife had her. And his wife was very faithful with her giving. But I don't, as far as I know, he had never given anything. Ever given anything. And he walks in my office, which was really weird. He walks in my office. He said, hey, I need the church tax identification number on this form right here. And I'm like, well, what exactly is this form? He's like, well, I got to give it to my lawyer. He's like, I'm giving it to my lawyer tomorrow. I'm like, why, why, okay, why are we putting the church's tax identification number on a form that's going to your lawyer? He's like, well, I just woke up yesterday morning and, uh, and the Lord spoke to me. I, I guess it was, but I'm going to do it. And the Lord spoke to me and and I'm supposed to give y'all $50,000. And I went, well, the tax number is 73 dash. <laughs> and listen to me. You know how much money we needed to finish that gym? $50,000. And so when you go out there, it's the tile, it's the basketball goals, it's the refrigeration units, it's the, it's the countertops in the kitchen, it's the bathroom sinks, it's the countertops in the bathroom, all that, all of that, out of that. God gave us, come on somebody, because in a moment when we, when we were in need, we were willing to step into that provisional promise. And God poured his provision back onto this church, and man, I, I look out there, we had like a hundred some odd young people out there Wednesday night, and I'm thinking, man, they're still rejoicing on top of that miracle that God gave us that night. They're still, they're still rejoicing on Woo! Stand with me. I want to pray for us. I'm going to pray against the spirit of fear on everyone's life. And I'm going to pray for God to just, to just speak to your heart about how you can, you can engage in this area of your life to testify to the provision of God that is working in your life. It is. Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name that the hand of God, the peace of God, and the power of God would work mightily in people's hearts. I thank you right now for for blessing every individual under the sound of my voice. I pray, God, against fear and anxiety and worry that would come to any one of us as a result of the happenings in our country or in our world. And I'm asking right now to give us hearts to receive that which you have spoken to us through your word. And I thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name.
please keep your head bowed. If you're here and you say, Pastor, I need a fresh start today, would you pray with me for our fresh start? Would you just slip a hand up? I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. Just lift a hand. Say, I'd like a fresh start. I need to give my heart to the Lord, maybe for the first time, maybe, maybe for a renewal. Thank you so much. Church, would you pray with me as to not embarrass these and just raise their hand? Would you say, Father, I thank you in Jesus' name that you are working in my life. I ask you right now to let me feel the power of your salvation. I confess Jesus as my Lord. I declare it over my life that God raised Christ from the dead for me. And I thank you for this fresh start today. In Jesus' name. Let's clap our hands to the Lord together. Hallelujah. I want you to stay where you're at. I'm going to invite the ushers to come.